Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Carn, and Mike Steenstra. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Rooster and the Devil. I am Jimmy Carn, along with Brad Tyndall. What's up, Bradley? Hello, Jim. And Mike Steenstra. Uh, back again from shitting my pants twice again. I've been sick three times in the last six weeks. I want to die. Thanks. Yeah, El good Capit- to be here. El Capitan is on that uh, diarrhea diet, um, which is uh, you know going Must well be. for him. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, I hope I die. I hope I feel a death sweet release before the next episode. But good to be here <laughs> for this week. Thank you. We hope not. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> gentlemen, we have a. Uh, uh, much soccer's to digest uh, or since last week. Um, sure I'm I'm glad to be back with you guys. You guys did an awesome job last week, by the way. Um, so excited to be rejoining here. Um, it's nice to have you back. Yeah, I forgot about that. It is yeah. really nice to have you back. You you and your knowledge it's deep so, deep into uh, my loins. So with me being off the last week, um, put our put our penises directly into the United Bees Nest, if you will. Oh, man. All right. Um, I mean, I could talk forever, so I'll, I'll try to... I want to interject right away, just to set it up contextually. Feel free to interject Jimmy, Jimmy's um, supportive, I, uh, supportive, yet with a grain of frustration with regard to Ole Gunnar appointment. And he said this on the record uh, when they actually appointed him, that he thought they didn't go through a thorough enough search. You took his balls away in a lot of ways by stopping riding that high of making him the permanent manager. Um, They had the high of the PSG match, certainly, but now you're seeing a little bit of a coming back to earth maybe in some ways. And so we just we want to pick Jim's brain on where he thinks the state of United is heading into this top four race now out of the Champions League and, and kind of going forward with the club. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I would think I was, um, I was obviously very down after the, the 4-0 defeat to Everton. Um, the Barcelona one didn't bother me that much just because, um, I think long, like, if I, if I'm real with myself, I didn't think that we had a chance against Barcelona. I would have liked to have seen a better result than 3-0, but the 4-0 results to Everton, so that game was difficult to watch and I, I shared an article on on our Twitter account uh, um, at Rooster and the Devil um, about uh, ESPN and said that it was the worst loss in the post uh, Sir Alex Ferguson era which it, that, that feels a bit dramatic but at the same time you know uh, again yeah I, I, I think that Ali can be a good appointment for the team um you know, but since they've appointed since they've appointed him, you know the wheels have like since he's been the official manager, the wheels have just fallen off. Um, you know, we had that win against PSG, which really we had no business winning. You know, if you look at the statistics, any person who's ever watched soccer who watched that game could tell you that we had no business winning that game. It was it was a beautiful, wonderful, 
exuberant moment, but now the time to hire a coach after 99 days. Um, I think that Ali can be the good person going forward. Um, but you watch that game, that 4 nothing game against Everton, and you see the players themselves arguing amongst themselves on the field. Like, uh, at one point, um, you saw Fred and Pogba, like, just shouting back and forth at one another, and that that sort of stuff is what's discouraging. You have a lot of problems. What are your main problems right now? Besides uh, Messi just toying, <laughs> toying with, well, with I'll, Phil Jones. Uh, I would say that all of all of football has an issue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say that the biggest thing is just people wanting to play for the players that are there on their team. So the biggest the biggest problem that United has going forward is really the uh, the team itself. So I think that we wrote a big high of everyone was just trying to get out of the the window of Jose Mourinho and you know those those first couple months getting out from shout underneath out. getting out from underneath yeah Jose Mourinho shout out getting out from underneath him is a big morale boost and they rode that for a little bit but it didn't hide the fact that. You know, a lot of these players were thrown together without any sort of cohesiveness, without any sort of real direction. Um, when you build these teams, like, you want to build with, like, one set goal in mind. And when you have three major managers before Ali, you know, between David Moyes and Louis Van Hall and Jose Mourinho, all building completely different styles, buying completely different players, these players don't gel well together. And it's 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 six years of ineptitude and i think that it points to you know the nece- the necessity of having a technical director um and i think that the biggest positive ollie is that he's open to having that sort of technical director but you know we spent a lot of money the last six years on players that are world-class individuals and maybe not world-class teammates and i am open to moving on from some of these players like i am who go ahead no who which players oh. do you want john quickly I, so david I, I, I am open to selling Pogba. Like, here's the thing. I understand he's world-class. If you watch some of the stuff that he can do on his best days, he is one of the best players in the world. On his worst days, he's useless. Um, and I think that it's, it's a matter of motivation for him. You saw, like, motivationally, when he played for France in the World Cup, he was a world-beater. He was, he was one of the best players in the tournament. But when he's not motivated for Manchester United, he's just terrible, and we need him to be the guy week in and week out and he's just not that guy so i i appreciate the talent that he is but i am willing to cash in and move on um the other guy that i'm i would also be willing to cash in and move on in is a player that's been great for us the last six years you know in the post fergie era fergie era is uh david de gea and he he has been he's been world class for the last six years um, he's coming up on the last year of his deal, and it doesn't look like there's any deal in sight for him um, for whatever reason. If, if he's distracted, if he wants out, if he wants to go, he's 28. I'm ready to recycle and start over because he hasn't played well this year. I mean, you guys watched the, the Everton game. Hot, hot, hot take. What the fuck happened in the Everton game? You guys got – it was like you were Huddersfield out there. 
It was really bad. I mean, <laughs> hey now. I mean, he's coming off. He's coming off the game against Barcelona where he let in that just howler against Messi. You know, where he just you know mm. rolled underneath him. Yeah, the and, second goal. Yeah, and the but the the second the second goal against Everton, the Sigurdsson goal. He, I mean, if you're world class, you make that save. I mean, you had. I get that Matic should have shut him down, like closed him down. But at the same time, like from that distance, that shot. You have enough time to react to it. It wasn't hidden. It wasn't going through players. You, you got to make that save. And I'm, I don't know if he's distracted. I'm, I'm ready to move on from him too. So, those are the two probably biggest names. And if you looked at, you know, the the tweet Mike sent out about uh, Manchester United and their players, and as far as untouchable, world class, that was I just named the the two highest players on that hierarchy um, that are listed. So. I'm ready to move on from those some of those big name guys. There's obviously other guys like I would love to get rid of Alexis Sanchez and his contract, but uh, I don't know that anyone's going to take him. Um, but I'm ready for some fresh blood. I like I like that Ali is willing to play the young guys, and I'm I'm willing to really sink back into that mantra of playing the young guys and having some sort of uh, central vision. So that is my eight minutes of Manchester United ranting to start this podcast. I'm sure everyone is already tuned out. No, no, there's plenty of interest and intrigue in Manchester United always, but I do find it kind of interesting that you reserve no ill will towards Ali tactically. I mean, it seems to me like Mourinho got all the blame for the same product on the field that you're seeing under Ali right now. Why is it all future-focused, and why is there no concern about your current manager? Well, I think you've seen Ali's tactics. Like, he is willing to, uh, you know, throw guys forward, and, you know, he he wants guys to play open and free. And, yes, they're still set up defensively. Yeah. You know, they are. I mean, they're shit. They're shit it, defensively all of a sudden, right? Well, yeah, well, I mean, like, that's the idea, though. Not is all of a sudden. I think that they were they – were, They've been set up, even even in Mourinho, they were set up defensively to hide the fact that they're bad defensively. Um, okay. But you huh, know, in, that's in interesting. The, in the first, in the first, uh, you know, the first couple months where Ali was doing so successfully, where they found success wasn't that they were great defensively, is that they were great counterattackers. You know, they were able hmm. to absorb an attack and then turn around and score. And it, and it hasn't worked out the exact same with some of these teams recently. I think that. I like I like the idea that he he seems he seems more open to letting players play, and I think that's important in a higher level manager, especially with um, money. Yeah, exactly. So, in hindsight, looking back at Jose Mourinho's strategy with the current roster, I mean, do you have any different thoughts on him? I uh, I don't. You know, I think that I was. I mean, I was a desperate Man United fan when we hired him. You know, it felt like I, you know, for I think the year before when we had Van Hall, I was like, I would never want Mourinho. And then after the year, the last year of Van Hall, I was like, yeah, bring on Mourinho. You know, I was I was ready to sell my soul just for results, and that's what Mourinho really kind of brought, right? You know, it wasn't attractive football. It wasn't you know pretty by any means. But it was results. Like we finished in second last year. Um, you know, the year before that, we won the uh, the Europa League. We won an FA Cup. So like it was, it was results. But at like, what cost? You know, long term, what cost? They, he he relied completely on veterans. 
Uh, didn't didn't really seem interested in developing young players, regardless of what he said. There was a whole thing about like he spent like a whole press conference talking about all the young players he's brought through, which was just horseshit. Because because he would piece of work, man. Jo- Jose is hilarious. Three titles, respect, respect. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, Jim. I think it's I think it's interesting though that. You've been consistent with regard to uh, what's his name, the the chairman. Oh, uh, Ed Woodward. Ed Woodward. He's yeah. A, so yeah. So so you've been pretty consistent about and you know Mer- Jose is the is the scapegoat, right? That's where it came to a head. But to your point, Van Gaal, um, a couple of these other managers, this has been building again from overhearing from you for a little while and ultimately you have to look at the top for what that direction is the hires of the managers themselves the player movement of course managers have some say over that but ultimately it rests with the chairman in a lot of ways you're saying maybe there's some management issues here that that i haven't constructed the proper vision for united Oh, that's uh, i that, you're right i i shouldn't absolve ed woodward in any means like i think he's just out of his depth when it comes to this sort of stuff. Um, I think the reason that You're out of your I'm, depth. I, I think that the reason that I'm 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 open I'm more open to Ali being the manager um, isn't just like the uh, you know the past love for what Ali means in club history, but also that he's open to having a sporting technical director that can go out and identify players and have a central identified system that Man United wants to build a run around because really it's just been Ed Woodward going out and like I want to spend a bunch of money on players that might or might not fit our system um, you know and it take, having that technical director takes those sort of decisions out of Ed Woodward's hands and I think that money wise like if you're just talking about dollars and cents Ed Woodward is great for the club but when it comes to like relying on him to make player decisions it's just a effing disaster and so hey say fuck come on just you offend me it's a fucking clean language it's a fucking disaster you want the Um, f and the uh and the cuh exactly so (laughs) i edward was not not you know not without blame in this situation uh and i'm hoping that you know if they are really honest about changing the structure by adding that technical director to the club. I'm hoping it makes a change. So what's Fair. your prediction for the last part of the year here? You have, you have the uh, the Derby, you have the Manchester Derby tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. And before we get there, before yeah. you make the predictions and talk about United City, I just want to qualify it with what I've said in past episodes, which is that you made the quarterfinals of the Champions League, not just the round of 16, quarterfinals, and you're in the hunt for top four after Jose drove shit into the ground. Big picture, it's not the worst in the world. I also completely understand your frustration levels with all the players that you're referencing, but Ole, it's not, it's not a train wreck. That's all I'm saying. I think that my only concern is... If we don't make top four, if we don't make the Champions League, right, and we really want to do this summer overhaul, like, I, they want to buy young players that they can develop, but also at the same time they want to win in the interim, you know, whether that means, like, you know, being a top four team consistently, challenging for the Premier League, challenging for Champions League. 
they're, they w- they're going to want to sign some good players, and good players aren't going to want to sign for them if they're not playing in the Champions League. Yep. So it's the, these last couple games are incredibly important in that sense, so I'm not losing sight of that either. Fair. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, City United, Manchester Derby. Uh, you know, I think that I saw I saw a stat that the last what the last ten games, it's uh four wins for United, two ties, four wins for Manchester City, both teams scoring twelve goals in those in those ten games. So it's literally split right down the middle of the last ten games. Uh, but if you look on paper and in form, Man City obviously would be the team in form, uh, the talent on paper. It is at Old Trafford, and United does seem to play up against Man City. But I would be I would be hard pressed to pick United to win coming off the form they've had the last couple games. I realistically would pick City to win three one. Hmm. Brad? I bet on it earlier today. I am going with a 2-2 draw. Where's the game? It's at Old Old Trafford, Trafford, and that's why. If it was at the Etihad, I'd I'd definitely be picking City. I think the the magic of Ali Gunner comes back here a little bit. I'm going to say you guys win 2-1. Wow. And ensure your friends in Liverpool the title. True. Uh, so, <laughs> so just a, just a quick bit about that. That like uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. For me, it is top four, and then everything else. But in a sure. vac in a vacuum, fuck Liverpool. <laughs> there it is. You know, at the end of the end of the day, like if if we're gonna fish outside the top four, then. Bully for Man City beating us because I don't want to be the ones that hand Liverpool the fucking title. You know, I don't know whether it's the podcast or what, but I am starting to develop a fuck Liverpool mindset myself. I don't mind them. It's hard though. Really, it's don't. hard though. It's it really it really is hard. So like, just from a soccer like viewing standpoint, they're very fun to watch, and I I really like Jurgen Klopp. I I, I enjoy him as a human being. I think he's very comical. Um, but in in the history of football, club's sake, Liverpool can go fuck themselves. I hope they never win another title. I like it. And that's what's cool about the Premier League and, and soccer in general is these long-running histories and citing it. I think more frequently bringing up history and bringing up past years than – you know, maybe not the Yankees, but certainly most franchises using that as a not a crutch, but a, a highlight. Always talking about your glory days, and so we don't understand that as much, Michael. Right, coming from Jimmy, who's been exposed to this for twenty years and knows the behavior of Liverpool fans. Um, I don't mind them. To to Jimmy's point, like yeah, I like Klopp. I think he's a funny German guy. We've talked about that before. I like. Even though Salah is flopping around like a fish in the box, I like Salah. I like Firmino, even though he has neck tattoos, um, which drives me nuts. I like Mane. I like a lot of their players. Uh, so that, I think they're fun to watch. They have a cool, you know, really historic stadium and a cool presence at home. And I love their kits. I love the New Balance kits. I think they're sick. Um, so... I, I'm learning, though. I'm so, We have to still stay in learning mode. Uh, Jimmy's got the context. We don't. Yeah, it's true. 
But I do know something about neck tattoos and Anderson and Man City and losing in the craziest Champions League game I've ever seen in my life. Granted, like you said just a moment ago, I don't have much context, but that game was insane. I think people probably have talked about it at nauseum now, but we have to talk about it a lot. <laughs> I think the second leg of Tottenham Man City. It was last Wednesday. We watched it, didn't you? Yeah, we have to appreciate what a game that was. Like, what a breathtaking, heart-pounding, pulse-racing game that was to watch. That was Never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. It It's insane. Was there four, five goals? There's five goals within the first 21 minutes. Yep. And and, uh, Sonny put us up 2-1 in the 10th minute. (laughs) Beautiful finish. What are are we watching? Like, I think I was sweating my balls off, and that was before I had cold sweats and my stomach flu. I needed a day to recover. The game had everything. The game had everything. It's crazy that they lost... they lost the game, you know, technically, 4-3. <laughs> the Urente uh, off, the, off the arm, clearly off the arm after you review multiple replays, off the hip, classic Urente goal. Yes. Which so, I'm now a so proud Fernando. member of the Church of Urente cult. <laughs> and, and then, of course, like, Man City the whole time is just like, they're going to win. They're going to win. No doubt about it. They're going to win. Aguero with the freaking goal in, what was it, 92nd, 93rd minute that was taken back on VAR? Sterling. Sterling. Aguero's counted. Ster- Aguero's oh, yeah. was Sorry. a chip Aguero in the box. Sterling. Yeah, Aguero to Sterling. Yeah. And then, like, Sissoko back in the locker room. I, I, anyone that watches the game knows exactly the feeling. I don't, I don't even think they have to be a Spurs or a Man City fan to watch that game and not have crazy anxiety and feelings about it. But insane. I don't know. Do we have anything else to say on it? Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. I had the Sissoko thing, which you just brought up the fact that he, he was devastated. He was injured. He's, I think again, been our player yeah. of the year and he goes into the locker room and he doesn't know what's happening. And a staff member ends up telling him, no, we won. Um, it's those little tidbits and VAR review, VAR review, um, you know, oral history, right? It's, it's, it's interesting to see the reactions and, and Pep running into the corner with the rest of the squad. And by the time he walks all the way back to his technical area, they announce VAR and that it's, and he falls to his knees. I mean, I've seen video of that from the stands, his little sweater, his stupid ass cardigan. Um, you know, it was an incredible game. I I took it from home and I watched the first I don't know two minutes and then I logged off um, and said I'm going to make up my time later in the night. I'm going to watch this. And I was on my floor the entire second half. Like I'm not exaggerating. I was lying on the floor in the corner of my living room, like Crazy. watching out of the corner of my eye. I couldn't. I could not handle it. And I haven't felt that way since the second year of Matthew Stafford with the Lions, where I actually thought there was still hope. And the fact that Spurs came through the tie, they came through the quarterfinals. I don't know. I am. I am. Pride isn't what I feel. I just. I just feel gratitude. I feel so much gratitude for a club that I support overachieving. What's that like? I mean, the Wings have been great, but other than that, 
we haven't had it so good lately. Uh, if anything, underperforming and. I don't know. I'm just really grateful for Pochettino. Again, I've said it a thousand times, but I think he worked wonders. We've got a, a patched up fucking duct tape midfield. You know, no winks now, no Sissoko. We're playing with Victor Wanyama. Oh, we're going to put in Victor Wanyama as a holding midfielder and have him go against the best squad in Europe, maybe on paper. I mean, the fact that they scored three away goals, Sonny was unbelievable. Three goals over the two matches. Um, you gotta feel like it's it's a Real high point class. for Spurs. Period. Yeah, I was actually uh, I was on a conference call for the first half and I was mid sentence for the second sunny goal and I completely lost my train of thought and I had to be like, I'm sorry, what are we talking <laughs> about? It was it was horrible. It was horrible, but it was so pleasant that at that point too, we were up two one, we had away goals, so they had to score. You know. Two yeah. goals at that point, and I thought we were in for sure. And then Silva, a minute later, put one in. A minute later. And then, uh, yeah, Sterling. Then Sterling, just 10 minutes later, they're up 4 2. Yeah, and mad crazy. respect it's to City, man. Like, I, I, I hate their fans. Yeah. I hate their organization. I hate Pep so much. Man. He's the anti Pochettino, and I love their squad. I love Sterling. Why? I love the way they play. I like Company, Vincent Company. At the back, Why he's outstanding. Sterling, I've seen that what? everywhere on the internet. Everybody loves Sterling. Why? He's English, a. Eh? Uh. He's overrated. I like. Ha. I like it. I there think it's go. fine. It's fine. Jim, <laughs> explain. No, I. I mean, he has had a great season, but. Here's I mean, the comparison. If, if was, yeah. If I was if I was building a club, I wouldn't have him in my first eleven. And for all the press that Sterling gets and the dick sucking that he gets everywhere, which again I like the guy. Sonny has scored more more goals. Did you even know that? Son is low profile, man, for what he's achieved. He is. Sonny, how many goals does he have in the season? Fourteen league he's goals, I believe, and he's got to be uh, pushing twenty. He has twelve total Champions League goals in his career. I don't know this year though. At any rate, awesome match, uh, heart pounding. I was paralyzed for half of it, and that's what you love about football. That's the the resounding um, takeaway that I I saw from everybody on the Twitter sphere and and otherwise is what a fun match to watch, even as a neutral. There's this there's this YouTube clip of this girl who is truly a neutral, and she captures all of it from the stands, and I think. The whole that's why we watch football. That's why that's why it's an amazing game. Really does apply uh, if you're a neutral even. So, be a fun semifinal. Yeah, let's go to Prem. Let's go right to um, let's go right to Tottenham Man City on Saturday. I, I think that makes sense because it's kind of a weird game. Feel free. I didn't watch um, uh, I think all of it, Michael. But yeah, we should get to uh, United's results as well. I think just a quick well. hitter. Like it was an odd. They scored a goal in the fifth minute, and then it was like everyone was comfortable with a 1-0 scoreline in a way, which even I was. And then with the way things shook out the rest of the weekend, it was even better than anyone expected with uh, Arsenal losing to Crystal Palace. And sorry, Jimmy, but Man U losing to to Everton 4-0 was fantastic. And then Chelsea uh, to Burnley tying 2-2. So... You know, at the end of the day, Tottenham supporters, even with the loss to Man City and Prem, is, you know, 
We're sitting in third place, game in hand. No complaints. No complaints at all. And then today they had the game. Um, you seem like you watched it. Brighton. Or Jimmy, you watched it. Yeah. Christian yeah. Eriksen, 88th minute, left yep, footer. I watched, I watched the whole right game. Corner. I watched the whole game and... Um, yeah, Tottenham got the win, but God bless it, it was that boring game to watch. And I, I think I commented, like, yeah. I, un- I understand why Brighton played the way they did. You know, they played 11 in the box for most of the game. Um, statistically, uh, here's the mind-blowing stat, statistically 50% of the game was played in Brighton's defensive third. So, you know, they were Damn. just basically sitting back and just, taking it over and over and over and there it was all bend but don't break i mean even with all of that possession all that time really they didn't like uh, tottenham didn't generate a, a really good opportunity until i want to say uh elder wild hit the post but they hit like other than that tottenham really had a couple outside shots that weren't challenging and then all of a sudden erickson just hit a stunner um, it was a good they win struggle. they struggle they struggle when teams park the bus against them i mean they had losses against Burnley earlier in the season where I remember they parked the bus against us. So it was just, they, they're, without Kane especially, they're just not creative enough to deal with that, well, honestly. It, it, to, a, to, a, to a fair extent, like, no one can be creative when literally you have no room to operate, you know, from 30 yards in because everything is covered. It's a, it's a stylistic choice where Brighton was like, listen, we're trying to get one point out of this, you know, and that's that's all they were looking to do. That's uh, that makes seven, yeah, seven games in all competitions now for Brighton without scoring a single goal, not one. You know, and they're just trying to stay alive. So I, I get they why lost, they did that was it. a big loss. They lost to Cardiff City over the weekend. To uh, it's really a two-team race for the 18th relegation spot, and I think we've mentioned it on every single podcast. But Brighton's schedule from here on out, I don't see a single fucking point on that. That was a huge goal from Christian Christian Eriksen, not only for Tottenham but for Brighton as well. Um, they've got Newcastle on Saturday, they've got Arsenal Sunday, May 5th, and then they have Man City May 12th. So Newcastle really the only points they could pick up. Whereas Cardiff plays Fulham on the weekend. So, but that being said, the goal differential is still way in Brighton's favor. I, I have a hard time seeing Cardiff get more than three points over the final three games and rising up out of the crap rele- relegation zone, which I think everyone would rather see Brighton up than, uh, than Cardiff, don't you think? Uh, I would say so, yeah. I think, I, I mean, I like the idea of Brighton. I feel like they're more ambitious than Cardiff is. Plus, Neil Warnock's a yeah. dick. I I mean, Neil Warnock is kind of a dick bag, so I know he's probably excited about the result today, Cardiff's manager, but uh, fuck him. No, it's a fun, it's a fun, yeah, the Warlocks. It's a fun relegation battle. I hope the Seagulls stay up, but hey, if Cardiff do it, good for them. They've been battling really hard. You know, you've seen Fulham just drop into the abyss, and Cardiff is still kind of farting around with a puncher's chance, so I guess I'm kind of rooting for them too. Fulham, Fulham's uh, got two wins in the last two, actually. 2-0 against Everton, who 
just beat Man United 4-0. Does that actually mean that Fulham and Tim Ream are better than Man United? Stop it. <laughs> just kidding. Just being a dick. Oh, stop it. All right. All right, Premier League, yeah, though. Yeah. We got Wolves-Arsenal tomorrow, by the way, a midweek match with intrigue alongside Excellent. Man City and, and United. Um, obviously, we're rooting hard for Wolves. It's at Wolves Stadium. Any thoughts on that Wolves one? Wolves have been kind of shit. Wolves have been kind of shit lately. No, no to Brighton Tied at the Brighton. weekend. Yeah. Lost to Southampton, lost to Watford, and then a win over Man U before that. But our boy Chris, shout out Chris, was at the, at the Wolves game this past weekend. Awesome. But I don't know. Arsenal, Wolves. Ooh, I'm rooting hard for a Wolves 2-0 victory. Troy fucking Deeney back in town. Troy so, fucking Deeney. Yeah, yeah. Raul Jimenez, I meant. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I get those confused sometimes, too. And to be fair, they're also like seven and eight in the table. So they're both like these just outside the top six squads. It's acceptable, Micah. No, no, it's it's, it's not it's, 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 it's not it's not it's not forgivable. Not. I hope Chris listens to this and he destroys you on Twitter for it. Sorry, Chris. Uh, Have a go, Chris. Have a go. We'll get him next time. All, all right, right. So who you got? Wolves Arsenal. Real talk. I still like my scoreline, Jim. It's your turn. Uh, I'm gonna say one one. Yeah, I like it. United City. Jimmy thinks. A chance. We already talked about scores. It's going to be an interesting one. 3 p.m. And then heading into the weekend, match day 36 of 38. When I see that, I am sad. Me too. Makes me sad. I get depressed. Yeah. I get really depressed. I start looking at International Champions Cup as like a viable option. That's to, sad. To keep your uh, Premier League erection up. So we got Liverpool. Lord and knows I'm not going to watch MLS. I'm just not going to do it. No. No. no, no, it's over. I, we tried. I, I I tried. It's it's so bad. It's terrible. It's all right. It's a short off season as we've discussed. So Liverpool, Huddersfield. I think we can all move on and say at Anfield, there's no chance Huddersfield gets any points. Nah, nah. We got Palace, nah. Everton. That one's kind of interesting on Saturday. Mm, at Selhurst, <laughs> Everton's gonna win. I'll go Palace two one. I like Palace. I'm going to go Everton 3-1 with a Zaha goal. Fair enough. I like Zaha. Wilfried Zaha. There's a uh, yep. London Derby at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, Spurs v. West Ham, 7.30 a.m. on Saturday. Should be an interesting Don't like one. this game for Spurs. Don't like it. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. The Hammers are always scary to play. I am Bradley, hoping to be at that tickets? match. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't yet. Uh, the ticket exchange just went live, so now I'm waiting for season ticket holders to po- pony up and say they can't make it. I think there'll be a lot less than Brighton. Dude, there were hundreds of tickets available today on the site for the Brighton match, so I'm hoping as we get closer to match time, I will have some options. Uh, but I'm going no matter what, I've decided at this point. All right, I'm going to tweet it out. I just tweeted it out for you. Great. We'll see. You never know. We shall see. So otherwise, there isn't. I, I got Spurs winning two 0 or three one in that match. I think uh, 
we've had West Ham's number the last, at least since I've been watching, last five years, it's been really successful against them. Wolves, Watford, kind of interesting, seven and eight ish like uh, battle. One. Yeah. Yeah. Always a good one. And then we have oh, Leicester one, City. One. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, as as far as as far as the West Ham Tottenham game goes, they said uh, they said in the broadcast today that um, outside of the loss to Southampton and the loss to Burnley, you know, in that struggle in midseason for Tottenham, they have they haven't dropped a single point to any team outside the top ten all season. Wow! And, and West Ham is in eleventh, so. I have another interesting stat for you. Uh, Spurs right. have not two two. That's my score. That's fair. <laughs> that's dropping points. That's drop. That drops two points. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I uh, forever the pessimist. Well, well, newly the pessimist. I've got yes, another but. reason for you not to be a pessimist, Michael. Spurs have won their last twenty-one matches in Tottenham. Okay, so not counting Wembley, obviously. But if you remember in 2016-17, they won 17 straight in the league to end their time at White Hart Lane. And the last match was against United. Harry Kane scored. It was lovely. Um, And then they've won their first four matches at the new stadium. So they are now 21 straight that they've won uh, in Tottenham, which is pretty amazing. As in win, as in not drawing, as in winning. Well, they don't draw Save for one time. House, House Tottenham, we do not draw. At any rate, some other really interesting matches over the weekend. Leicester City hosting at Kim Power Stadium, Arsenal. Again, Arsenal on the road. It's not as good as Arsenal at home. Ooh. And then more juicy is Man United against Chelsea at Old Trafford on Sunday. Oh, very important for everybody. Jimmy, thoughts? I, I'm much more comfortable about the Chelsea game than I am about the Man City game, you know. Um, I think that Chelsea is just as helter-skelter as we are. Um, so I I think that we stand a good chance to maybe upset them. It really comes down to the temperament of the team and if people really are ready to go out and play. I don't know if anyone's already checked out. You know, they seem checked out against... Uh, um, you know, the other week against Everton. So it, it, it depends on what sort of renewed focus we have going forward and and, and that sort of thing. So I'm hoping that, you know, there's some positives coming from the Man City game midweek tomorrow that propel us into a good performance against Chelsea. And, uh, you know, even if we suffer a, a probable loss against Man City that, you know, maybe we still have an opportunity to chase for a top four spot on Sunday. Very much in the hunt. It could happen. Truly. Truly. Yeah, I think uh, I think United will win that match. I don't like Chelsea. I think they're up and down sometimes, and I think uh, United can at least get three points there. Which would be quite large, frankly. But yes, it's coming to an end. It's sad. But... I'm hoping that Arsenal lands outside of the top four, not only because now I officially, after a full season, can hate them because I have $20 riding on this with with Babel, so I don't want to lose my $20. It's always been close. No one one ever wants to lose a bet to Babel, ever. Well, 
I've never had a bet with Babel, I don't think. It's just not pleasant. Babel, uh, let, let's just, <laughs> it's just, just not pleasant. real quick. He, he's our friend that loves Arsenal, but he's too butthurt to come on the podcast and talk about them, as I understand it. Like, he's, he cares so much, and he's so butthurt that he can't even speak. What is that shit? I am uh, I am taking my recording equipment with me this weekend. I'm staying at his house Thursday and Friday, so I will uh, try to whiskey encourage him into a, a conversation. We'll see how it goes. Get some sound bites. Yeah, that's all I want to hear. Actually, just maybe, maybe just secretly set up the recording. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there. Yeah, I'm evil. Hey, man. Jimmy's the devil. I'm the devil sometimes. I'm the devil. He's the devil. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I uh, am the devil. For whatever reason, Babel, yeah. I, I mean, and he has a great depth of knowledge, too. I w- I, I'm still hoping that we'll get him on here because I think it would be enlightening in a lot of ways. Well, he, like, he, the, the difference, and I, this is going to sound mean. I don't mean this to be mean. The difference between, like, him and Helder is, you know. Babel has been watching as long as I have, like, it, like, and he is very much entrenched with the history of the game and Arsenal as a team. I just feel like he he might be more jaded because he he is an Arsenal fan and they've had more hard times recently than uh, than United have had. So I think it just takes him a little bit more to come out of his shell as far as uh, talking about it. That's why we have alcohol. Feed him some of that, Jim. Fuck. Yes. Yeah, feed him. The, he likes whiskey. Yes. Instead yes. You, the devil. Yes, Helder. Um, Helder. Yes, Tyndall. Wink, wink. Alcohol. That's right. Ah. Uh, oh. I oh. Me like it. coming on here. I'm the devil. Anywho, hey, we have uh, we're we're 43 minutes in. Um, we had talked Let's about. Let's rant it up. You want his rocket rant? Yeah. All right. Rant it up. Make it a shorty. In right, hopes that Jordan you. is on the podcast next time. Shout out Jordan from FC Helsinger. I hyped you up last episode. You better be on it next one. All right. We are we are willing to be a dedicated FC Helsinger uh, podcast team. Yeah, we'll we'll do up, you. we'll do we'll do weekly we'll do a weekly shout out updates. Yeah. Um, if uh, if he's willing to uh, come and join us and just answer some uh, questions, because mostly we're like we're we're legitimately Thoughtful. honestly interested in his project. Thoughtful questions. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. All right, I'm gonna rant. I'm gonna rant first about uh, Major League Soccer. I. I just can't. We, we talked about it earlier in the episode, but they announced that they are going to expand to 30 teams, which it seems to me someone that does, I don't you know. I, I follow it moderately on Twitter, basically, but it seems to me like the only way that MLS is making money is through expansion fees and like crazy fucking expansion fees, $200 million expansion fees, which will keep the league closed. It will keep the league uh, uncompetitive if you don't add promotion relegation. It's just not getting any better. It seems like attendance is down no matter 
what you hear at the end of the season when they announce their attendance numbers. No one gives a fuck about MLS, not even soccer fans. It's just disappointing. I, I don't know if MLS can handle U.S. development, which is why I'm excited for FC Helsinger. Shout out Jordan. And that's really all I got. I'm, I'm excited about some alternate options. I'm excited about our players in Europe. I'm just not excited about Major League Soccer. And especially Alexi Lawless. He's a fuck. And that's all I got. Easy target, Alexi. Alexi Lawless is probably my like, least favorite commentator when it comes to soccer. Like, closely followed by Taylor Twelman. Um, no, I, I, I hear you, Michael. Like, I think that the biggest problem is and it's not even like you know attendance in some markets yeah is tough i think the the biggest part that they just came to continuously ignore is that like tv ratings for mls are just atrocious like and they're getting really? worse they are they're actually like worse. getting worse I'll, I'll find the article and see if i can share on twitter right. um yeah the you know for all the expansion all the like aggressive rapid expansion that mls is going through uh um the actual ratings are going down because because we talked about this like there's no there's no like central broadcast there's no central time you don't know when to fucking yeah. watch this shit if you wanted to um and when you do you're watching you know 50 minutes of var anyway so um. Yeah, I wish I. I wish like I want it. I want it to be. I want it to be good so bad. I want it to be enjoyable. I want to enjoy watching it. It's and hard. the only reason, the only reason I've been to a game so far is to go see Zlatan in in person because he's a larger than life human being. But I'm not gonna go fucking watch FC Cincinnati versus uh, SK uh, or SC Kansas City or whatever the hell it is. You know, Sporting Kansas City. I'm not going to watch that game because I just don't care about anybody that you're putting out there. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. Maybe it's beyond hope. Sad. Anywho, Bradley, rant. I don't have much to add other than, again, gratitude for that match, the Champions League match. Never dreamed Spurs would be in the position that they were in. I can't believe they're going on to the semifinals. And, you know, it's just validating for Pochettino when the English media and media in general questions him not having a trophy in the trophy cabinet and saying, well, he should be focusing more on the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. The fact of the matter is those competitions don't do a lot for you as a club, and especially where Tottenham is. So I, I just am happy to see him, you know, getting some success, even with a patched together squad and driver's seat for top four driver's seat. Incredibly driver's seat for potentially making, you know, being in the semifinal, maybe even making the final of the champions league. So it's just kind of poetic no justice. Harry no Harry Kane. I mean, you can't say enough about Pochettino's, uh, Ability to elevate the players that have been on his squad, and it's just been a fun year. Just feel really lucky. That's all. And just a quick shout out on top of that that Soccer AM video of Pochettino answering the Google, the most Googled questions about him. 15 minute video about Poch. Kind of awesome. Did you watch it? I haven't seen it yet. I will. T- I will give it a look for sure. Oh, you got to watch it. You, you will. You will blow a load, just like you did on your date tonight. Jimmy, you got a rant? <laughs> Son of a um, bitch. Not a rant. Just wanted to uh, – um, 
I think I've said this earlier on the podcast. I wanted to shout out uh, a, a very small club that I've been following just from uh, the bottom of my heart, uh, Salford City. It's uh, partially owned by um, some uh, the class of 92, uh, which is near and dear to my heart as a Manchester fan, like Paul Scholes, uh, Phil and uh, Gary Neville, David Beckham's investor, Nicky Butt, um, Ryan Giggs. Uh, in the last... Um, last five years they've gone four divisions and currently they sit in uh second place in the english national league um so they're in they're going to be in the playoffs and if they get promoted again they're going to be in the in the football league for the first time so english uh league two for the first time ever um it, I, it speaks to the ambition of those clubs and you, you like watching those sort of stories um at least I do, especially because I have a um, you know really interest for those guys. So um, shout out to those boys. You know their seasons uh, coming to an end. They're coming up on the playoff for relegation, or I'm sorry for uh, promotion. And I'm 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 hoping to see them in the FA you know um, next season and uh, and hopefully they can continue to grow. It's awesome. Sure is. I'm a fan. League two. We'll be watching them in Sunderland. That's right. Uh, <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Good re- anyway, fellas. Any? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's it's a wrap. Evening. Nice it's a wrap, bro. More fixtures coming at you. Oh, let's get a little funky with it. Lost it. Here we go.